Hi, 930, Tommy Tucker, WWL, joined by our friend Dr. Judy Ho, licensed clinical and forensic neuropsychologist, host of the Supercharged Life podcast. Good morning, Dr. Judy. How are you? Good morning, Tommy. How are you? I is very soft-spoken, so I'm guessing your son Luca is close? Well, it's hilarious because I know what topic we're going to talk about today. Yeah. <laughs> we're talking about parenting. And how is Luca? That's right. He is doing great. He's 14 months old. Mm-hmm. So, is he yeah, right there? I mean, sleeping or what? Yeah, yeah he's, okay. he's, he's sleeping. You know, my mother-in-law has been hit with so many illnesses this winter break, and oh, I'm, I'm trying to give her just a little bit. Yeah, she had COVID, then she had shingles, and then she had a tooth infection. I mean, this was all through like the last eight and a half weeks. So I'm trying to let her sleep in just a little longer. So I am still with Luca right now. I didn't want to wake her up just yet. I was flipping around the other day on the cable, and there's Dr. Judy popping up. It's like, well, I know her. It was pretty cool. Um, let's talk before we, <laughs> speaking of TV, you know, it was it was rough to watch the uh, AFC Championship game. and um, I don't want to even talk. Uh, the linebacker no. that was called for the uh, late hit. And, you know, look, I'm seeing a lot of uh, stuff on Twitter about they missed a right. holding call, this, the other thing. And oh, God. It, it's no one thing that determines a game, okay, first of all. But we, no. I, I just thought it'd be interesting to look at it from the standpoint of um, we, we saw Joseph Asai weeping uncontrol- inconsolably maybe on the sideline. I don't know what word to use. But how? what would you tell people that maybe have made a mistake in their life that – they didn't do it on purpose, but maybe it hurt them and hurt other people. How do you get over that? How do you not relive that every day? It is so hard not to do that. And I think that people really do have to find some way to try to move past it and heal because you can't always control your situation, what other people do. And we've talked about this before. Also, anger and resentment, it only builds up in your own heart and it only hurts yourself. Mm-hmm. And so I think at some point you have to try your best to make sense of it to the ability that you can without involving somebody else and trying to control their reactions or wishing something didn't happen. And, you know, just try your best to to move forward and and find people, like-minded people, trusted, trustworthy people that you can talk about and air this out because there is that period where you just need to air out your frustrations and process what happened, especially if it's traumatic. You may even need to talk to a professional about how to get over something like that. And that's what I'm talking about, forgiving yourself, because as crazy as it sounds, there are still things in high school that bug me to this day. I don't know if you're like that or not, but is that just human nature? Yeah, I think it is human nature. And I think that a lot of times when we're thinking about things that have happened to us in the past, every time you revisit that memory, little details get added and maybe even little details that make you feel even more indignant or, or, or more mad. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes when people say, well, that happened 20 years ago, why do you still care about it? I'm talking well, about blaming myself now, Dr. Judy. I'm talking about blaming myself for something. Oh, I see. Well, yeah. you know, if you blame yourself for something, I think we are oftentimes our own worst critics. And I think it does apply what I was saying, where when you try to remember what you did, Maybe little details get added where you start to think about even, you know, even more the impact that you may or may not have even had. It could not even be the truth. But you think, oh, my God, how how horrible was that? How insensitive was that? How embarrassing was that? And I think all we all we know is that guilt can be a productive emotion, but shame is not. So guilt can help you to take corrective action. It can help you to say, well, how can I be better next time? How can I not do that again? You know, to try to correct your 
your mistakes. And then actually, overall, you can have a better self-esteem after that. But shame is hard. Shame is like revisiting something and thinking something is just flawed with you internally, that there was something wrong with you, not just what you did. And that is not a very helpful emotion because it kind of keeps us isolated and, and in essentially a negative thought spiral. So try to take that shame away and just think about how you can do a little bit better. Yeah, just be clear for the audience, I didn't hurt anybody. I missed an extra point is the thing that's going on here. But anyway, it's silly because it's a long time ago and it certainly didn't even matter. Let's yeah. talk about uh, parenting. New Pew Research out. Um, Two-thirds say it's harder than they thought it would be. I think everybody oh. that has ever had a child would say that it's harder than they thought they would be, that it would be. What are your thoughts on that? I'm sorry that I'm laughing, but I think that that is just so true. But I also think what happened to the other one-third of the parents? Did they yeah. really think that it was easier? Well, they got in-laws that are probably there? very actively involved or, or nannies or something because, I don't yeah. know, man. It, it Talk about uh, – and you got to balance responsibility with joy because you can't control everything. But you do feel yeah. – I, I felt this aw- just intense – amount of responsibility and now that my child is yes. 26 it's starting to lessen a little bit but still you never let it go how do you manage no. to balance all of that dr judy because you want to be responsible but you want to love them and you want them to have fun and being a parent yeah. doesn't come with an instruction book the floor is yours that's that's right so tommy even though you're a father to a 26 year old you know parenting is for life oh, yeah. so that pressure is still there you know and when something goes wrong, your daughter's still looking to you to protect, to guide, and, and all of those things. And you have that feeling of responsibility always, even if they're an adult. So, but certainly when they're they're little babies, and you probably remember this about your daughter in her younger years, you you feel like everything is so monumental, right? Like, oh my gosh, like what am I feeding him today? Is that oh, the right yeah. decision? You yeah, know, that's right. Um, are we getting this vaccine now or later? Is that the right decision? Uh, and then if you see them suffer for any reason, then you blame yourself. Oh my gosh, you know, maybe this is because of something that I did. Um, so I think it can be really difficult. And I, you know, shout out to all the mothers and fathers out there who really this is their full time job, their stay at home because then you really don't get that perspective, right? Because you're with the child all of the time. And it's almost like you, you don't remember sometimes who you were before you were a parent. You, you lose a sense of your own identity. And I think that there are still some parents who are trying to recover that. You know, their, their children are school age, and now they're saying, okay, well, what's next? I, I have these hours in the day where I'm not being an active parent at this exact moment. What does what does that mean about what I want to do? And so I would say that, you know, the best the best thing that you can do is to be gentle with yourself, talking about forgive yourself. And your last question, you have to forgive yourself. You're you're doing the best that you can. And sometimes the best is good enough. That is something that I think I've learned as a parent where, you know, I'm a bit of a perfectionist. So I, I do, I'm like, you know, a little bit, you know, related to what you were asking about. Sometimes I don't forgive myself mm-hmm. for the mistakes that I made, even small ones. Um, but when it comes to being a parent, there are days where it's like, you know what, that's good enough. Like you can't do it all and be 130% all of the time and take care of yourself and everything. You know, you just have to let some of those, those, uh, really high standards go and as long as your child is safe and loved and you're doing your best that is good enough that's good enough i i would say looking back that that is dead on accurate because you worry about everything but then 
when you get some perspective, once they graduate college, you think, you know what, that really didn't matter that much. The main thing is that they felt loved. They knew that they had a safe place. Um, that, that, that's the main thing instead of maybe some of the other things that parents worry about, cause you're never going to be perfect. Nothing's ever going to be perfect. You can only do the best you can do when you get right down to it. And like you, Dr. Judy, I'll forgive other people, but me, I'm a boy, I'm hard on me. Believe I'm hard on me and I'm on anybody else. We'll take a break. We come back. We'll answer your questions about parenting. 504-260-1870. This is a good one. Somebody texted in and said, uh, my spouse is a helicopter parent. She will not let it go. Somebody else texted in and said, my wife has a problem with trying to live her high school years again through her child. So you can delve into all of that because you are the licensed and forensic, uh, clinical and forensic neuropsychologist, not I. You can answer those questions when we come back. Host of the Supercharged Life podcast, Dr. Judy Ho. A couple of tough parenting questions. We'll get the answers when we come back. 940, time for traffic now on WWL. 946, 14 before 10, Tommy Tucker, Dr. Dr. Judy Ho, clinical forensic neuropsychologist, host of the Supercharged Life podcast. Talk about a couple of different things about parenting today, how it's different than it used to be, and also about uh, forgiving yourself for a mistake that you make after um, the uh, Cincinnati linebacker was hit with the uh, late hit that led to a penalty, although not any one thing. Um, cause that game to end one way or the other, but it is hard to forgive yourself sometimes. All right, Dr. Judy, to the text line. Somebody texted in and said uh, that basically you got a free-range parent married to a helicopter parent. How do you get them to back off? <laughs> My God. I think it can be really, really tough parenting when we're thinking about different ideas, decisions, how you were raised. All of these factors go into what kind of parent you become, and I don't think that some people are surprised by the kind of parent they are. Maybe they didn't think they were going to be helicopter parents, and here they are. And I think oftentimes it, it probably does come from a good place. I think we, we, we think about it and we look at this behavior, we think it's annoying, it's frustrating, but there could be a good origin of that. Maybe there's a little anxiety on the part of the parent, and they're just trying to do their best for the child and, and don't want to take any missteps, or maybe they, they do have a little bit of a control freak personality and they just can't control that around their child because their child is so important to them. So I would say try your best to give your parenting partner the benefit of the doubt before you talk about negotiating how it can be adjusted so that everybody can kind of live with those decisions and, and you don't get into fights all the time. But I think if you just started from thinking that their intentions are good, but maybe their execution is not so great, you'd have a more constructive discussion instead of putting them on the defense. But, you know, in a way, I'm just thinking how that kind of ties <laughs> into the next text, which is about mm -hmm. um, uh, the husband apparently thinks the wife is trying to recreate her high school years through her daughter and maybe that can be why you become a helicopter because you don't want you want you want to live out something through your daughter that maybe you didn't get to through or get to do yourself, which can lead you to kind of be a helicopter, which would be really not necessarily for the best of reasons. Is that is that something that sometimes happens? And how how do you stop somebody from doing it? Because it can't seem. I don't think it's really healthy, is it? No, but I think that this is much more common than we might imagine that people are using their children inadvertently that sometimes it's not conscious to try to uh, essentially re 
uh, sometimes we talk about this idea like trauma reenactment. And I don't mean that it's, you know, specifically traumatic about this idea of trying to put the same situation in front of you and trying to solve it a different way so that you come out a little bit better. Well, obviously, once we pass our childhood, we can't fully do that. But when you have a child, it's tempting to say, well, I didn't get to, you know, make the football team mm-hmm. or uh, my parents didn't allow me to, you know, play music in the band. And uh, now I'm going to put all those hopes and dreams into my child. And, mm-hmm. and somehow I'm going to heal from that and I'm going to get to live that experience. And it, it is tempting, but you, you can't do that. They're not just little versions of you. Right. Mm-hmm. They, you know, and think about oh, let's it, hope the, the fact that <laughs> and just think about the fact and just think about the fact that, you know, part of maybe your beef was that you didn't get to have input or do what you wanted. So why wouldn't you want your child to be able to have a little bit of that input because you were so soured by the fact that you didn't get to do that? And so I I think it it is something that you have to visit with your child on and really be honest with yourself and say, is this something that my child wants or is it just what I want? It's okay if you guys want the same thing, but you have to be honest with that, right? Because I've seen lots of parents who say, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like my child really likes this. This is what they want. And then I'll talk to the child and they'll say, this is absolutely dreadful. I I despise it every day. I wish I didn't have to go to practice. This is just not my thing, but I know it means so much to my parents and that's why I'm doing it. And you never want your child to feel responsible for your feelings, right? Because there's a time and place where they're going to be responsible for their own feelings and other people's. But when they're a child, you're supposed to be their protector and they shouldn't be the ones to have to protect you. You don't want to parentify them so young. And it comes full circle because I get a text from someone that says, Tommy, I know what you're feeling. I did something in high school that I embarrassed myself with, and I, you know, I missed an extra point. Mm. I don't know if I embarrassed myself, but I feel like I let everybody down, um, and I can't mm. forgive myself. How do you do it? Do you, do you do something symbolic? And, you know, as I read this text, Dr. Judy, and again, you're the licensed clinical neuropsychologist. Do you write it on a piece of paper and burn it, do something symbolic like that? How do you let it go? How do you finally, once and for all, let it go? Because it's stupid. Nothing that you did yeah. in high school, unless you killed somebody, um, really matters, right? right? So uh, how do you let it go? Uh, yes. You know, it's a great question, and I will say that for everybody, different rituals can help, and for every single person, whatever ritual that is, you have to find the one that works for you. Your suggestion is a good one, Tommy. I'll say that one of the rituals that I did to let something go for myself is I took a hike and at the top of the hike, like at the summit of the hike, I like basically, you know, sat there for 20 minutes, revisited this memory one more time, you know, did a loving kindness meditation, basically said, you know, I I wish this person well, I wish myself well, like everything is okay, let's move forward. And I left it at the top of that summit. And that was actually very helpful for me to have that physical place to leave it and to say something there to memorialize, you know, the good and bad of the situation and, and to wish the person well that I feel like I hurt in the past. So I, I think if you can find a ritual that will help you to release that, sometimes it's helpful if it's not in your own house, right? That's why I went to a hike and went on a summit and it was at this beautiful place in nature where you can really feel spiritual too. Um, so find the ritual that works for you. And I think that that will help. But even with that, did it, does it come back to you occasionally? Um, yeah, not, not a, for me, uh, this one. Not for, sure? That's not this one. Okay, if I keep not talking about one. it, it will, huh? Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. You want to do your it's just like a therapy session now. Tommy, are you going to be my therapist? I am, Dr. Judy. I'd, I'd love to do that, as a matter of fact. Just Tim will take your insurance information. Um, have a great day. A pleasure as always. You uh, Dr. Judy Ho, clinical and forensic neuropsychologist, host of the uh, Supercharged Life podcast, 953. A quick break, then we'll find out what Newell Norman's got coming up for us today here on WWL.